with special dot. This pretty much gives the color of today's show. This is, of course, CKUT 90.3 FM in a sunny, cloudy, fresh, hot, kind of a fall feeling day in Montreal. 
You're listening to the Dub and Dumber version of If You Got Ears. My name is Sylvain Boutiet, and I'm your host for the whole month of August. If you were with me last week, you know that the whole month will be about dub, every aspects of dub, form, and content. Today, we will be approaching the militant and political aspect of digital dub. Um, oh, yeah. Um, last week, we stayed in the motherland of dubs, of course, Jamaica. If you missed it, then you can go on the security website to listen to the podcast under If You Got Ears. You can even download it to listen um, on the treadmill in the gym. So, like I was saying, today we will approach the militant and political aspect of digital dub music. Once upon a time, dub had done what it had to do in Jamaica. Unfortunately, the roots culture that actually came back worldwide started to fade away. The dance hall culture was taking over, so Dub decided to move to England. Because of the dance Jamaican immigration toward England that started in the 50s, the seeds were already planted for its landing. Through the UK sound system, Jazz Shaka, Kent Fatman Gordon, both born in Jamaica, and studio engineers and musicians like Mad Professor, born in Guyana, Dennis Boville from Barbados. Dennis Boville is responsible for pretty much all the music of Linton Quizzy Johnson, if you know him. Um, Adrian Sherwood and Mark Stewart. The dub in UK was in good hand. Here's a description, a quick description of Mark Stewart. First encounter with the Jashaka sound system evening, possibly early 80s or late 70s. I was walking past Stockwell Skate Park and there was this sound being set up. It was probably just trying out their speakers. There was such a barrage of bass coming out of it, and these dodgy-looking blokes standing beside it just admiring the sound of the bass. It is definitely a bass thing, a volume thing. Once, At once I thought that the wall were shaking, but later I realized it was actually my eyeballs vibrating. I remember it sounded so good, so rich. It is not like today when you get to club and it hurts. It was more of a life-giving bass. So today, we will explore the stepper style and the UK sound. What exactly is the dub stepper or stepper style? Um, the Jamaican dub we listened to last week, if you were with me, is formally speaking more centered in the interplay between sound and silence and positive and negative space. What we will be listening today tend towards saturation. The dub stepper style has a strong militant feel to it, a little bit like Marxist literature. The bass drum is there to reaffirm every beat. Every beat is stamped on like a conqueror step. And the BPM, of course, is a lot higher than Jamaican dub you will see or hear. There's a big difference, though, between the stepper style and dubstep. It's not the same thing, even if it might sound similar. The stepper style is informed by the values and philosophy of the Jamaican roots dub reggae. And, it, and it, it's still a sound of resistance, transcendence, and spirituality. Dubstep has been emptied of these qualities and has been injected a big dose of testosterone. Look, I love dubstep, but it's important to kind of talk about th that difference because the music sometimes sounds very similar. The English dub scene didn't strive for a Jamaican dub sound. England is rainy, urban, sounds like Montreal. No palm trees, a concrete jungle with a different history. Dub is conducive to solitary appreciation and introspection, but is also a medium to move forward political rhetoric and community empowerment. Jashaka 
spiritually inclined sound system attracted everyone, black and white, who felt ostracized by mainstream Britain. Fueled by anger, the punks of England were politicized by reggae. They absorbed the religio-political agenda and sensibilities of the black culture. Modern dub is the meeting of these two worlds, the clash of these two worlds together. Nowadays, dub continues to thrive as a direct transmission of cultural rebellion. Nowadays, the dub world scene is united, without racial division, and all working toward the same goal, the fall of the neoliberal plague, what Babylon has become. Today, we focus on the political aspect of this music, but remember that all we will be listening today is still covering all aspects of what dub is, politics, spirituality, and transcendence. All of this has a name. It is called the base culture. The base is the weapon, and it is what unifies people. So here's one of its greatest ambassadors, Linton Quizzy Johnson, explaining what the base culture is. Will be followed by militant dub from Nucleus Roots. Let's try this out. It's called Bass Culture. Music of blood, black, reared pain, rooted heart, geared. All ten stopped in the bubble and the bounce and the leap and the weight drop. It is the beat of the heart. This pulsing of blood that is a bubbling base, a bad, bad beat pushing against the wall with bar black blood. And there's a whole heap of passion together, like a frightful farm, like a righteous harm, giving off why like his madness. Bad out there. Hotter than the heights of fire, living heat down volcano core. Is the cultural wave a dread people deal? Spirits riled and real and rise thunderwise. Latent power in a farm resembling madness, like violence is the show. Bursting out a slave shackle. Look here, bound for harm the wicked. Man feel him heard confirm. Man sight destruction all around. Man turn love still confirm. Him destiny a shine lightwise. So life take the farm a shift from calm and hold the way of a deadly storm. Culture pulsing, high temperature blood, swinging hunger, shattering the tightened fold, the false fold round flesh where we all freedom. Bitter cause of blues, cause of maggot suffering, cause of blood clot pressure. Yet still breathing love far more mellow than the sound of shapes chanting loudly. Scatter matter, shatter shock, what a beat. For the time is nigh when passion gather high, when the beat just lash, when the wall must smash. And the beat will shift as the culture alter when oppression scatter.
was not uncommon that punks and reggae band played together to fight the influence of National Front and the rise of the right-wing politics of Britain in the early, in the late 70s and the early 80s. So this pretty much give you the tone of today's show. I will try to put in relation music and speeches from people who did revolution and succeeded, some who failed, and other who thinks one should happen. I will also later on, probably at around 12.30, have on the show Raymond Cloutier, important figure in Quebec cinema and theater, who also is the director of the Noutremont Theater. He is kind enough to come to read an important piece of Quebec revolutionary literature from activist Pierre Vallière. So next on our set list, we're going to have the amazing and the almighty Martin Luther King with the Revolution of Values. Mixed with Dub Dada and Revenger Dub, Twilight Circus Dub Sound System with Depth Charge Mix. Here we go. I'm convinced that if we are to get on the right side of the world revolution, we as a nation must undergo a radical revolution of values. We must rapidly begin to shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society when machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, militarism, and economic exploitation are incapable of being conquered. A true revolution of values will soon cause us to question the fairness and justice of many of our present policies. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. A true revolution of values will soon look uneasily on the glaring contrast of poverty and wealth with righteous indignation. It will look across the seas and see individual capitalists of the West Invest in huge sums of money in Asia, Africa, and South America, only to take the profits out with no concern for the social betterment of the countries and say this is not just. It will look at our alliance with the landed gentry of Latin America and say this is not just. The Western arrogance of feeling that it has everything to teach others and nothing to learn from them is not just. A true revolution of values will lay hands on the world order and say of war, this way of settling differences is not just. This business of burning human beings with napalm, of filling our nation's homes and with orphans and widows, of injecting poisonous drugs of hate into the veins of peoples normally humane of sending men home from dark and bloody battlefields, physically handicapped and psychologically deranged, cannot be reconciled with wisdom, justice, and love.
that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on programs of social uplift is approaching spiritual death. And it is a sad fact that because of comfort, complacency, a morbid fear of communism, our proneness to adjust to injustice, the Western nations that initiated 
so much of the revolutionary spirit of the modern world have now become the arch anti-revolutionaries. Our only hope today lies in our ability to recapture the revolutionary spirit and go out into a sometimes hostile world declaring eternal hostility to poverty, racism, and militarism. A genuine revolution of values means in the final analysis that our loyalties must become ecumenical rather than sectional. Every nation must now develop an overriding loyalty to mankind as a whole in order to preserve the best in their individual societies. This calls for a worldwide fellowship that lifts neighborly concern beyond one's tribe, race, class, and nation is in reality a call for an all-embracing, unconditional love for all men. This often misunderstood and misinterpreted concept, so readily dismissed by the Nietzsche's of the world as a weak and cowardly force, has now become an absolute necessity for the survival of mankind.
As promised, Raymond Cloutier just arrived in the studio. So I'm so grateful that he is here. Raymond is a very important part of our culture here in Quebec since the, what, the 70s? The 70s, yeah. The 70s. 80s, yeah. The 70s. So Raymond will read us a bit of Pierre Vallière and one of our uh, Quebec-owned revolutionary. I'm sorry for mumbling that word. So Raymond, are you ready for us? Yes, I am. Here we go. Merci beaucoup, Raymond. Décrit par la poursuite comme le cerveau, l'idéologue et le chef du FLQ, et plus encore, comme un... inspiré, sinon dirigé par Mao et Castro, j'étais à n'en pas douter destiné à devenir, malgré moi, en prison, une espèce de héros, de, de martyr et de symbole de la révolution québécoise. J'avais envie de crier « Non, je ne suis ni héros, ni chef de personne. Je ne suis qu'un Québécois parmi d'autres, qui refuse tout compromis avec sa liberté et ses aspirations et qui, par conséquent, combat le système d'exploitation en place. J'ai rêvé que le peuple pourrait, s'il le voulait, écraser de sa fierté robuste le mensonge et le paternalisme compatissant et méprisant des politiciens, des juges, des patrons et de tous les prédicateurs de soumission et de défaite. J'ai appelé, comme j'ai pu, à des ruptures susceptibles d'ouvrir la voie à de nouvelles formes de liberté et de justice sociale, à de nouvelles fraternités, surtout. Mais ce rêve désignait plus un souhait un idéal qui le favorisait dans les médias la formation d'une action organisée, susceptible de provoquer une transformation radicale de l'ordre social. Je rêvais d'une révolution qui, un jour, libérait tous les Québécois de ces multiples formes de domination et d'aliénation qui en faisaient depuis trois siècles des esclaves volontaires du capitalisme et de l'impérialisme. Était-il vraiment trop tard en ce début de 1968 pour contrer le processus d'américanisation ou d'assimilation des Québécois? La révolution, l'histoire se faisait ailleurs, au Vietnam, en Palestine, en Angola, en Amérique latine, pas au Québec. Il ne fait aucun doute dans mon esprit que le peuple du Québec souhaite l'avènement d'un FLQ fort, il ne fait aucun doute non plus qu'un nombre considérable de jeunes Québécois, de travailleurs et de chômeurs, souhaiteraient s'enrôler dans le FLQ pour libérer la patrie et eux-mêmes. Quand se, rendront... se rendra-t-on compte, enfin, que ce FLQ ne naîtra pas de l'anarchie ni de quelque acte isolé et encore moins de quelques réflexions puisées dans un certain manuel quand se mettra-t-on vraiment à travailler sérieusement à l'organisation de FLQ efficace, concret, au service des exploités du Québec pour le transformer en véritable mouvement de libération nationale? Je venais d'avoir 30 ans, voulant devenir un éveilleur de conscience, un accoucheur de liberté, j'avais tout sacrifié à l'action révolutionnaire à la cause que j'estimais être la plus importante et la plus urgente de toutes, la lutte contre la dépendance individuelle et collective, contre l'exploitation, l'aliénation, l'ignorance, l'obscurantisme, la superstition religieuse, le mensonge. J'étais épris de liberté, 
et d'indépendance, comme on était pris de l'absolu. La révolution était devenue le mode de réalisation de mes désirs éthiques les plus profonds. Je vivais la dépendance, l'aliénation, l'exploitation des individus et de la collectivité comme une apocalypse personnelle. Je m'étais embarqué dans la lutte, convaincu qu'aucun être ne pouvait inviter les autres à l'insoumission et à la liberté avant de s'être lui-même commis de sa personne. Je n'ai d'autre prétention que de témoigner de la détermination des travailleurs du Québec de mettre un terme à trois siècles d'exploitation, d'injustice silencieusement subie, de sacrifices inutilement consentis, d'insécurité résignée, de témoigner de leur détermination nouvelle et de plus en plus énergétique de prendre le contrôle de leurs affaires économiques, politiques et sociales et de transformer en une société plus juste et plus fraternelle le Québec, qui est le leur, dont ils ont toujours formé l'immense majorité des citoyens et des producteurs de la richesse, sans jamais bénéficier du pouvoir économique et de la liberté politique et sociale auxquelles leur nombre et leur travail leur donnent droit. Pas plus que le prolétariat des autres pays, celui du Québec ne peut se soustraire à sa vocation, ne peut échapper à la nécessité de la révolution. Dans l'absolu, on peut, on peut sans doute affirmer que rien n'est nécessaire au sens métaphysique de ce mot, mais dans la réalité vécue, dans le temps vécu, il y a des choix qui s'imposent. Pour la classe ouvrière, pour tous les exploités, ce choix, c'est la révolution. Car de la révolution dépend l'avenir de l'immense majorité des individus et partant le progrès de l'humanité entière. Ouf, merci tellement, Raymond. Ça me revient la cœur. Non, non, c'est bien, bien écrit aussi. J'apprécie beaucoup. J'ai bien connu aussi. Pierre Vallière, euh, personnellement. Euh, bon, les, les soirées, aller chez lui jaser. Euh, J'étais pas près de, du mouvement euh, du Fonds de libération du Québec du tout. Je, 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 connais que, je connaissais que lui, mais c'est sur le plan artistique. On a, il venait au théâtre, tout ça. Fait on, on jasait beaucoup. Alors, un homme euh, intègre. If you're interested to read anything from Pierre Vallière, it's all of it is translated in English and really easy to find. Merci encore mille fois, Raymond. J'apprécie beaucoup ta venue à CKUT. You're welcome. <laughs> Next, Twilight Circus and Ranking Joe with World and Dub and Ja Warrior, Babylon or the Neoliberal Will Fall.
it, that bad man shall fall. I don't know what all of you shall witness the day, that bad man shall fall.
I and I do. Don't deal with violence. I and I is peaceful, Rasta man. I don't steal, cheat. That's it. I myself. Slap, 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 back on CKUT 90.3 FM. I sincerely hope that you're enjoying that show. So next on our set list, we're going to hear from Oku Onwara, uh, Jamaican-born. No, he's known as the father of dub poetry. And Vibronics, One Drop. Here we go. Today, We shall turn dirge into a song of protest. Dance, dance of defiance. Our tears shall water roots of resistance. We shall bury dead slaughter defeat a thousand times. From this darkness shine a light.
there's something I suggest you might want to try. Every time I play the next song in my apartment and I'm alone, the Vibronics dub shall overcome, I can't help it. I walk around like if I'm on the Ben Hill show. So you'll understand listening to the song and maybe you want to give it a try. Yeah. 
looked like I had forgotten to turn my microphone off during that song. Sorry about that. So, um, next on our set list, there is, of course, Gandhi. And Usina Dub from France. I'm cheating a little bit. I'll be playing some songs from French band and also some German band. Um, I just realized what was the pun with the name Usina Dub. Usina means um, factory. And it basically means in English dub factory. So we're going to have Usina Dub from France with Dub Abyss and the Power Steppers with bass inspiration. But here, a little word from our good friend Gandhi. I regard myself as a soldier, though a soldier of peace. I know the value of discipline and truth. I must ask you to believe me when I say that I have never made a statement of this description that the masses of India, if it became necessary, would resort to violence.
This is CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Um, I have with me in the studio, McLean, a good friend and a well-known visual artist. He's one of the co-founders of Republic, a bike enthusiast and activist and many, many other things. I've asked him to choose three speeches or quotes to read to us with the next musical set. The next musical set will be Abbasi All-Stars with World Peace Dub and Sirenius Black with Intention Dub. Are you ready for us, McLean? Yes, I am. Okay, what are you going to read for us? Well, I'm going to start with a mashup of text by Naomi Klein. Okay. I've taken some quotes and I've transformed a few uh, in the more paraphrase uh, style. Um, and here we go. Okay, let's go. Our problem has a lot less to do with the mechanics of solar power than the politics of human power. Specifically, if there can be a shift in who wields it, a shift away from corporations and toward communities, which in turn depends on whether or not a great many people who are getting a rotten deal under our current system can build a determined and diverse enough social force to change the balance of power. If enough of us stop looking away and decide that neoliberalism, that is climate change in this context, is a crisis worthy of Marshall Plan levels of response, then it will become one. And the political class will have to respond, both by making resources available and by bending the free market rules that have proven so pliable in the past when the masses acted in unison. Our economic system and our planetary system are now at war. Our economy is at war with many forms of life on Earth, including human life. What our economic model demands is unfettered expansion on a finite planet. What the biosphere can provide and requires is in direct contradiction to this program. What the biosphere needs to avoid collapse is a contraction economy, a reduction in the rate of consumption of the Earth's resources. Only one set of rules can be changed, and it's not the laws of nature. Without a doubt, neoliberalism's single most damaging legacy is the assertion that we are all isolated enough from one another that it became possible to con convince people that they are incapable of self-preservation. Clearly, we cannot leave everything to the free market.
advisors. So it's to the advisors that we have to look. And if we look at a Cheney or a Wolfowitz or some of these other people, here we see people that may very well be the conduits of the rogue network into the White House. But make no mistake, it is that rogue network which has been running the United States. Now if I say rogue network, this may make them seem a little bit too lonely. And I don't think they're lonely. People who are old enough to remember the Iran-Contra years can remember words like the invisible government, the parallel government, the secret government, the shadow government. Senator Inouye said they had their own army, navy, air force, treasury, their own policies, their own ways of making decisions. That invisible government, that secret government, I said, is alive and well. Of the 
for the next set, we're going to be listening to Nucleus Roots, one for the Soundman from the album Heart of Dub, and Aeration Stepas that I've been playing quite a fair amount today uh, from the album International Footsteps. But first, of course, we're going to have McLean reading us um, part of a text from Subcommandant Marcos, former leader of the Zapatista army. We are nothing if we walk alone. We are everything when we walk together in step with other dignified feet. Neoliberalism imposes the destruction of nations and groups of nations in order to reconstruct them according to a single model. This is a planetary war of the worst and cruelest kind waged against humanity. In the cabaret of globalization, the state shows itself as a table dancer that strips off everything until it is left with only the minimum indispensable garments, the underwear of repressive force. Toward the end of the Cold War, capitalism created a military horror, the neutron bomb, a weapon that destroys life while leaving buildings intact. During the Fourth World War, however, a new wonder has been discovered, the financial bomb. Unlike other bombs, this bomb not only destroys the nation, imposing death, terror, and misery on those who live there, but also transforms its target into just another piece in the puzzle of economic globalization. The powerful have invoked God at their side in this war, so that we will accept their power and our weakness as something that has been established by divine plan. But there is no God behind this war other than the God of money, nor any right other than the desire for death and destruction. Today, there is a no which shall weaken the powerful and strengthen the weak, the no to war. Thank <laughs> you. 
hell what a great engaging song McLean's still with me in the studio and so let me present to you the next set it's going to be improvis um, improviser dub meets Irishian steppes with criticized dub and I have a surprise for McLean I know he's really fond of this band uh, that I won't name it's going to be a surprise for him and um, but it's mixed by Mickey Dredd from Jamaica in a dub version so but first of course here's McLean Reading from Jose Mujica, ex-president of the Uruguay. Let's go, McLean. Thank you. The world will always need revolution. That doesn't mean shooting and violence. A revolution is when you change your thinking. Confucianism and Christianity were both revolutionary in their time. There are those who believe that power is up above, and they don't notice that it is actually in the hearts of the great masses. We have sacrificed the old immaterial gods and now we are occupying the temple of the market god. He organizes our economy, our politics, our habits, our lives, and even provides us with interest rates and credit cards and gives us the illusion of happiness. When you buy something, the instrument is money, but in reality, you are buying it with the hours of your life that you spent earning that money. The greatest thing that you have 
is that you are alive. Consumerism could be the final stage in human civilization if we keep battering and attacking nature. I am an enemy of consumerism. On account of this hyper-consumerism, we are forgetting fundamental things and expending human effort on trivialities that have little to do with happiness. Are we governing globalization, or is globalization governing us? Is it possible to speak of solidarity and say that we are all together in an economy based on ruthless competition? How far does our fraternity extend? I'm just sick of the way things are. We're in an age in which we can't live without accepting the logic of the market. Contemporary politics is all about short-term pragmatism. We have abandoned religion and philosophy. What we have left, left is the automatization of doing what the market tells us. If you don't have many possessions, then you don't need to work all your life like a slave to sustain them, and therefore you have more time for yourself. The world will always need revolution. That doesn't mean shooting and violence. A revolution is when you change your thinking.
We're back. This is CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Of course, thank you to McLean. Thank you so much. And you've re recognized the last song, I'm sure. Uh, the Clash from the album Sandinista, one of the dub version mixed by Jamaican Mickey Dread. How can we put together a show with political speech without, of course, Noam Chomsky? Here he is on the foundation of neoliberalism. Um, we're going to be listening to Resistance in Dub, Uh, that are actually from Italy, not UK, and Alpha Stepper uh, with the song Open Door with Lee Scratch Perry. Are you ready for this? I am. The term neoliberalism is, is a very curious one. Uh, first of all, it's not, it's not liberal by any means, as we've discussed, and it's not new. Uh, uh, that's, it was neoliberal policies or something rather like them that created the third world. If you go back to, say, the 18th century, uh, the centers of the world economy were China, India, mostly. Uh, uh, and it changed. Uh, the differences between the rich and the poor were not very great, not nowhere near like today. Uh, Europe grew and developed, first England and the United States, Germany, Italy, and so on. Uh, they developed by radically violating what are now called neoliberal principles strong states, uh, direct intervention in the economy, and so on. Uh, India and later China were devastated, and the same is true of what we now call the third world. How? By imposition of, uh, forced imposition of uh, market principles. Uh, and this is furthermore well known. So if you read serious economic historians, uh, Paul Bayroche, for example, he simply points out uh, Uh, protectionism and state intervention created the rich and developed societies. Uh, uh, he doesn't call it neoliberalism, but uh, forced liberalization and pretty much created the third world.
Here's Alpha and Omega from the University of Stepas. Here we go. I am so running out of time. I think I have planned probably like for 45 minutes or more music. So it's time to say goodbye. I hope you will be with me next week. It's, it's, it will be about the spirituality of dub music. There's no way we can stop the show and, and finish the show without playing any of Mad Professor's uh, work. So Mad Professor is a weird one. Um, it is a bit like living in a four feet tall house that is made of glass and you can't never go in. So it's crisp, there's hardly any bottom end, there's no high end. And it's a dub that always keeps you a little bit on the outside. So I'm going to get to play Battle of Siskai. And maybe if there's time, then we're going to um, roll this in Roots Maneuver, 
Witness Dub. So I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you will be with me next week. Bye bye.